So, Jonathan, since I last saw you, you've been on a few, uh, you had a few events in your life. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, things have been moving strangely in my life, let's say. I, uh, I, you know, it's, it's a blessing to everybody who's trying to, on this sort of orthodox, whatever it is, old world subculture train that's happening on the internet. So just to be able to talk to you again is wonderful. Thanks for coming on. If people don't know Jonathan, go check out Symbolic World. I have a couple, you know, I invited Paul Vanderclay on this. I don't think he can do it though, but he was okay. just going to hop on. Um, if he does, I'll bring him in. We'll just talk because I, I kind of wanted, first of all, thanks for coming. Where are you right now? Montreal? I, no, in Montreal. Yeah, I'm in my house. But I haven't, I've been traveling way too much and will be traveling in the next few months. So, so yeah, so it's good that we catch each other. I'm going to see Paul Vanderclay next week. Because you're going, guess what? I think one of our board members is going to go up there and 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 mess around and see what life is like at this. That's convention. great. Yeah, yeah, that's wonderful. Just give us two seconds on that so people know what it is. So what it is? So it's a group. It's a some friends, uh, supporters. Uh, you know, people part of this little corner of the internet. I guess we call it now. They uh, they're organizing a a conference in Thunder Bay, Ontario, which is really not close by. Which is no, really not. like. A, it's really like in the middle of nowhere. No, it's not. Close. Uh, and so, and so, it's John Verveke, uh, Paul Vanderclay, myself, and also someone from Thunder Bay, a, a professor at the university around around there. So, so it's about consciousness. It's called, I think, it's consciousness and conscience, and yep. it's it. Mm -hmm. But it, I mean, I think the subject is just going to be continuing the conversations that we've been having for a few years now, and also networking and being with human people in the flesh instead of always online so that's a thing yeah that's i think let's go down that road you want to let's talk sure, about that sure. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm riffing off some of what you and paul last did on uh i think it was his channel this idea of the tyranny of the individual and then this 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 i want you to talk about manifestation or incarnation or doing something where people are together in a way that creates a new skin. Now, I don't know if the garment of skin idea is appropriate here, but something is being born that has body. Yeah. And I'm wondering if you're nervous about it. I'm I'm nervous about the Gnostic nature of what can happen when we just keep talking. Are you nervous yeah. about that? Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's why, I mean, I think that's why right from the beginning, I'm, I tell people go to church. I mean, it's like, when I say go to church, it is go to church. Obviously, it's go to church, but it's not just go to church. It's mostly the idea of be, try to be involved, try to find bodies that you can participate in. And that includes, of course, church as the highest version of that, but also family, you know, like get married, have kids, uh, have an active family life, get involved in get involved in, in in intermediary organizations, like Boy Scouts, whatever it is, like something that has body and you're forced to deal with people different from you and you're forced to, to, to you know, some people can get that at their jobs to a certain extent, you know, and that's okay. But we're moving in this weird position where most people work from home. Most people, yeah. you know, don't even yeah. meet each other in the flesh anymore, right. which is my situation. Most of the time, people I deal with are all online. So, uh, so we need so to do that with us for a second. It's yeah. happening to you on some, yeah, level. for sure. You're being disembodied. Is oh that... yeah. Oh no, we're, that's for we're... sure. It's happening to me. I have to be very attentive and careful about that because 
Because it's not just that you're being disembodied, it's also that you're being rewarded for being disembodied. Right. So it's so it's like it's it's really bad. It's like, you know, you know, the time that I put into this is rewarding. It's rewarding in terms of attention, in terms of recognition, it's rewarding in terms of, you know, financial gain. It's all of this is rewarding. And so we can be deluded in thinking this is it, like this is life. Jeez. But it's it's not. Well, it's a little bit. It's something. It's like a beginning. It, the, the, there's a root. There's possibility of an inkling of of more. But it's not. It's not enough. We need to. So let me do this. This is a question. Yeah. You're aware of. Let's just use the term disembodiment embodiment. There's sort of a balance where we we're in the internet now. But what does it look like to build? I was thinking because I you know I'm a history guy. I thought of what did it look like to build the culture that we call scientific? Mm-hmm. And it looked like moving from something like monasteries to universities and then universities to research centers to something like producers of truth. And then that culture, like that university culture became a type of principle or pillar for this modern world. Like it moved from one thing to another and took on body. That's just one example of a million cultural yep. examples you could... How does embodiment look? Should symbolism become a dominant principle in what we'd call Western culture of America? What would imbo- it's church? Is it a particular church? Is it a particular way of being in a church? Can it be any kind of organizational structure? I, I don't know the answers, but what do you think? Um, I think it it has to just be things that are in their proper order is the best way to understand it. That is, it can be all kinds of organization and structures. They just have to be embedded into each other, right? That you have to have goods that are embedded into each other. So, you know, you can, let's say you have a group of friends, right? A group of friends can can embody that, a, a kind of communion, a kind of learning how to love. Mm. Uh, but you could also have a group of friends that all they do is gamble, right? Or all they do is take drugs or whatever like right so so it it all it always has to do with how it's embedded towards higher goods and so you could play sports and sports are really wonderful in order to learn discipline and learn to learn self-sacrifice there's all these things that you can learn in sports but if sports become an idol and uh and you see that a lot i think in 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 contemporary culture then then it actually moves away from the good so i think that if we actually think of it properly like if we understand it properly I think the internet and online culture can have a place and it's kind of like, it's something like the place that a missionary, you know, I don't know, like a missionary going to a completely strange land could encounter, which is the idea that there it's very difficult to find body because you have, you, you have less, it's harder to find places of communion, right? Mm -hmm. Because you don't, in the, on the internet, you literally don't have body together. But let's say in terms of traveling to a, a foreign land, you don't know the culture. Like you don't, you can't connect. Like you can't sacrifice to their gods, right? You can't. You have to be attentive and careful. And and there's a there's a, it's it's dangerous for you. You can mm-hmm. say, but it also can be extremely fruitful. And I think the online space is that too. It's like it's it's actually the 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 capacity to spread the seed, let's say, of the gospel online is the most that you can ever think of like it's it's the the biggest the biggest net it's the biggest pool uh but it also is the one most capable of drowning you like like dragging you down right it's 
there was this meme that was just sent to me yesterday, which was a good timing for our talk. It's the meme of the um, the horse, the Trojan horse going into uh, 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 why am I forgetting right now? Going into Troy. Going into Troy. And the story, <laughs> the meme has the horse as uh uh you know uh, a regular it was a secular conversation and inside the horse is a theological conversation and then there's an arrow pointing at troy saying my friends right exactly <laughs> and, and i'm thinking yeah i think that's what my podcast is which is it seems like we're going to talk about you know stuff you recognize but in reality there's a deeper pro more profound conversation that always is about to break out and i think that's what you're doing on the internet is oh i think this is a conversation about elves i get elves i like elves and then suddenly whoa where did i just go i did i just go to god and everything sort of ends in god but i don't find people reject it and i'll give you an example we opened a restaurant in greenville uh first things foundation our nonprofit opened a restaurant as a nonprofit restaurant so if you eat a georgian khajapuri you're giving a donation it's on fire right now because we have these Friday nights and I really want you to help me understand what's happening because I think something profound is happening that I want to share with you because I want to hear what you say. Okay. Cause you spend time on this strangers. So it's a 20 seat table. Sometimes we do 25 strangers, get a reservation. You and your wife could come to the restaurant. You go, you make a reservation. Then you show up and you don't know the other 18 or so people at the, at the table. Those 18 people then are greeted by the Tamada. I'm often the Tamada in the Georgian tradition. And there's a good article on your, your website, actually, yep, about, about this. The Tamada takes you through what is it, essentially a liturgical tradition. It's essentially the agape feast without all the agape words. Now, what do I think about that? We can talk about that. What happens, though, is the strangers are put through this process whereby something is built and i can't i want you to help me something's being built where it becomes manifest in a friendship three hours later but it's not manifest because we had dinner solely the words are uniting the material reality there's something about the food gets on the altar the table and then the words are united there's heaven and earth and then something magnificent happens you should go read our read our reviews the food's good but there's something else happening Right. Something else happening and people leave and then they become lovers of what we're doing. But but Jonathan, what we're doing is just it's, it's dinner. <laughs> and I don't want to market it because I think it'll kill it. But I have to talk about it because it's enriching for us in a way that is not monetary. And everyone knows these words I'm saying, but What's happening? What is that body that's being built there? What what is that? Is it Christ? Is it what is it? Um, I mean, you could say that ultimately it's a body that is that it points to Christ. I mean, all good good bodies, like all bodies that have good in them, point to Christ. But they're, I mean, it's not a direct. It's not like a direct thing. It's contained within. It's a, a bigger body, and, and but it's is it sacramental? It's, I mean, it's you could say it's. I mean, it depends how you see sacramentality. If you see sacramentality, it's something that 
overflows liturgy into, let's say, the something like the ritualized good that we can find anywhere, then mm. maybe, I mean, you could say that if you were careful a little bit, not, yes. not to confuse its place. Right. But I think that, you know, in a way, what it is, is it's showing at a lower level what is supposed to be happening in communion in church. But, mm. you know, the in, in church, it is very lofty what is supposed to be happening there in terms of how all things are united, the angels, you know, we're united with the angels, we're united with the whole cosmos into this moment of participation and eating the body of, of Christ. Um, but you could say that what you're experiencing is at a lower level. I mean, it's kind of like Thanksgiving dinner, but yeah. Thanksgiving dinner, because we know like we, if you think about Christmas dinner or Thanksgiving dinner, you can remember times where that Thanksgiving dinner was like, was magical, right? Or that, that, mm -hmm. that Christmas dinner was kind of, was there's something about it, which carried you up, you know? Um, and, but the thing about, about us in the West is that we've lost a lot of what actually used to do that. And we're, we have to, for some people we've lost it less, but we like the idea of dressing up, the idea of setting right. the table, the idea of, of praying before we eat, all these things are there to carry this moment up. But, you know, so people, because they forget it, they they will have less of those experiences. But I think what you've got in your, in this Georgian tradition is something like a, a long worked out, like a way that's been worked out over centuries to carry people into this space of communion. Yeah. Yeah. And it works. Like it, it actually... If people come, I mean, obviously, if someone came with ill intention, they could ruin it, like like Christmas dinner. Uh, but 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 that uncle, yeah, that guy. You've got people that are also because they don't have a reason to ruin it. Like they're, they're self-selected, also exactly. They're, they're coming on their own volition. They're not forced to come out of guilt or whatever it is that you could deal with in terms of going to to your mom's for for some meal or something. There's a toast to the dead that usually happens something like four or five toasts in. You can, you as the host toast mat, as the MC spinning the music, you can move it around. But you should see we all stand. There's even often we sing uh, "Memory Eternal," and these are with folks. Like I just was on a call with a couple who heard about this and they be they became supporters of First Things. It, Jonathan, these these are from West Tennessee. I could barely understand this dude with his accent, with his Southern yeah. accent. And he's asking if I could come with the guys and throw this party with his friends, his hunting friends. Now, I don't know how to explain that to you. Yeah. I don't know him. Yeah. And I always say, if you just do the table, you don't have to know anything. You just have to do the table. I think that's the embodiment moment that you and Paul were talking about. Like, you have to do the There's same. something about the the toasting, I think, which is crucial in what you're doing, which is it actually is a worship, like it not yeah. not in the bad sense, like not in the sense that it's idolatry, but in the sense that it is a it is a lower level of conscious named celebration. Like we are going to celebrate this aspect of life. So yep. we raise our glass to some specific aspect of life, and we do it in a spirit of communion and gratitude. And then we we do that over and over. And so it's basically people going over the different aspects of their lives, the important aspects of their lives, their family, the 
you said the dead, whatever it is that you're toasting is you, you're obviously not going to be toasting their success at some video game. Like that's not what you're going to be toasting. Exactly. At. You're going to be- well, on that, on that thought, all of the work you're doing again in Matthew's book. So one of the things that happens and you'll see, cause we have these, the, like just last night, the Toastmasters, there's six of us right now who sort of know how to do it. We've got to get about 10 because we're going to all be drinking too much vodka otherwise <laughs> <laughs> because they, they're getting popular. So we sat down and talked about what toasting is. And I, I literally, I, I did bring Matthew's book, but I didn't use it. I, I kind of, I wanted to like have it as you a manual. Have it there, yeah. Because one of the ideas is, so a, a toast to the, I'm a, I'm a sports fan, as you know, a, a toast to the New York Jets is bad on a lot of levels when they're terrible at playing football, but it's too particular. It's too earthy. It, yeah. it, it's too close. And so a toast to the spirit of competition or the, the times in your life when you knew you must compete to the idea, the notion of the high idea, then everyone around the table chooses their form of competition you'll see they inevitably get down to a sports figure or the time i beat this kid who i didn't think i could beat in this race and then it all becomes particularized but the mm. tamara's job is to offer i don't like the word the general to offer heaven right and when you say heaven you should see all the secular people get nervous it's just going to be a religious thing but quickly they recognize it's not quote religious it's something about natural to their existence it, mm. it's wild to watch and yeah you're offering the place where their particulars come together so is, if that's how it works like where so do people do people say their specific thing yeah oh yeah do they just think about it they say it even when they don't mean to they particularize as long as the tamada doesn't particularize so the, the tamada offering too much earth it doesn't allow for the unity because people don't know how to, t- let me put it this way. What do we think of poetry? Poetry is when the words create a universal, they, they create something like a bigger thing than we already know. Right. And so P- Americans aren't good at that. They Here's an American toast. Hey man, I heard you got a raise to Jimmy. Yeah. Very rarely will you see a natural tomato at the table say something like, to those moments in life where we went from what we were to what we thought we could be, to moving toward even a bigger vision of life. People just don't do it. They just can't yeah. do it like that. So if the Tamara offers it, it it creates this invitation into this particular, into this yep. space. And then everyone jumps in. Now, I will say one thing. Not everyone. It's very interesting watching around the table, which is a symbol of order. It's very interesting watching those who aren't comfortable within the order. They want to create chaos. Almost by definition, there's two or three people that want to break the table. It's it's very interesting. I don't know what that's about. What what, what it's about? Because, well, I know what it's about. I can tell you. That's why I want you on this. I can tell you you at least what the impetus, where the impetus comes from. So the 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 positive impetus of for that comes from being afraid or worrying that this table is the totality mm-hmm. like this is this is everything and so the usually what the person will want to point out like a fool is something like this isn't everything 
like here's an exception here's the opposite here's something that doesn't fit here's something that will mess up you know your call to 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 celebration because 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 i let's say i'm giving the best case scenario because i sense pride in this thing like i sense uh-huh. like this could be this could be too too self self uh, glorifying or self gratifying and so that's the positive but it also that can become pernicious mm-hmm. like you know it be it can become uh it can become yeah like i said it can become pernicious where someone so, some people have that habit where they think they 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 do that but they end up in nihilism like they yes. they're constantly destructuring and deconstructing but then they don't then they find they they have nothing to stand on and so it's a it's a necessary part of sometimes in some cultures that's a ritualized function so you'll have a character like the fool in the king's court or mm-hmm. uh what is it the the hayoka in in uh in the the native the plain plain natives they have this these characters that are like sacred clowns that that will that will break the rituals they well, do it on what? purpose at the Georgian table, the character is the Melkipe. So, so there is someone in there. There is okay. someone. It's the keeper of the wine. And uh, it's tricky, but the Tamada will either, one, see that person at the table and then appoint them. Uh-huh. But it's difficult in a group you don't know, because if you appoint the wrong person, you've you've, you've created a, a bit of a problem, because you can actually get them to ruin the table when they're trying yeah. to do something they don't know. Or we'll grab a person who knows the table and we'll have them be Malakipe. And and you're right. They're the one that leans in. So the Tamada said something hopefully beautiful, say, about family. Yeah. They lean in. They go, you think this guy even has a family? Let's be honest. And they're speaking to two or three people like, who would yeah. want to marry this guy? And they're pouring your wine while they're doing it. And their job yeah. is to crash the order. They yeah, but it's, the thing is that they're not. They're actually, what they're doing, and this is actually very technical, but you can see what they're doing. What they're doing is that they're giving voice for those thoughts and those those uh, those moments that everybody is having. So everybody has that right. that doubt, and so what they're doing is they're manifesting it, they're embodying it, and they're actually preventing it from destroying the table if they do it properly. Because if they don't, then it can build up. And then someone's gonna someone's going to say something that is completely yep. is going to be strong enough that it will kind of destroy, like say something scandalous, something vulgar, or whatever, in order to kind of break break it. But if it's happening constantly, it's like, oh wait, he's doing it. Oh, oh wait, he's doing it. Oh wait, he's doing it. And then they don't they won't have that impetus to to go there. Let's say, especially if it's done well. It's very so tricky. Little- Yes, correct. Because our little Tamada club was was debating whether we should have, we should train Melikipe separately. And it almost became absurd to try to train the Joker. It, it would be odd to turn someone into the Joker when they they just need to bring that almost naturally to the table. But I think there is a way to teach it. But I, And so all of this... They're also serving the wine. Which, Which makes means them that they're, a natural. they're participating. They're, they're, first of all, they're participating, but they're also symbolically offering the derision, like the, or the the thing that can make you slip. Like they're offering it yeah, as right. as you're consuming. That's right. And so it's actually it's actually a perfect uh, role. Like the one, the fact that it's that person who's doing it is perfect in many ways. You're making me think of a table we had just last week, where we had a brand new guy come on who was 
when people volunteer to do Tamada, you know, it's like, it's like a donation. It's a three hour a night and you're donating all of your time. It's a beautiful thing. So he, we train them. They have to come to a table, but he was really a Tamada. He was not a Melikipe. He was not chaos, but he was my Melikipe for the night. So okay. sitting there, the problem is he was adding more order to order. And the end of the table, I look, if you in Greenville, don't hold this against me. The end of the table just burst. They burst into a lot of drinking and loudness. They burst into the the Melikipe. Interesting. And there was no controlling them after. Like I would have to literally be an authoritarian and say, I'm toasting now, whack my glass to get that part. It's just like that part of the table down. I think this is a metaphor for life, right? As a teacher, you always wanted to bring in that kid who wanted to break the class. You didn't want to send them out, you know? And so how does this all work in life? I don't know. It's interesting. Oh, but it, I mean, it can help you understand, can help you understand what, what the, let's say, what are, what the positive possibility for chaos is, like what it can do if it's well integrated, you know, why it is that we need feasting and we need a little bit of moments where things things kind of uh, get slippery yeah. like we need that a little bit of that or else or else if we don't if not careful with that then then it will like it'll build up and it'll it'll break at some point is this so, a good so, reason perhaps why you don't fear in your work you talk about this you don't fear postmodernism as much as understand it is it the chaotic element no definitely i think but i think postmodernism has something useful to offer, especially in as it comes at the end of of kind of enlightenment scientism and this really radical rationalism that we that is still there. It's still it's still there's still some of it underneath, not underneath, but like running a lot of of our of our thinking. But I think postmodernism came and tried to point to the limit of that. Now, of course, it did it in a way that is because we're dealing with the large movements too, like we're dealing with these large century long movements, then postmodernism and its effects are very destructive uh, at the same time. So I'm not, I don't want to downplay that, but I also understand, I also think that a better version, like if we're going to move towards a new traditional society in the, in the sense of real tradition, not in the sense of just this authoritarian thing, we have to integrate the fool, like integrate the fool as the fool, not into just have the fool around. Know that you can't control everything. You you can't have everybody. Yeah, like the Puritan, the Puritan drive that exists in the U.S. is part of the reason why we're where we are. Hundred percent. Like those excesses are part of like I, people, like people who who wonder at the insanity of the current moment in terms of of sexuality, in terms of let's say also the drug epidemic that you have in the United States have to remember that a hundred years ago, you had prohibition. That's not long ago. Right. Think about that. That's not long ago. That's, that's not that long. Think so, about the craziness of prohibition too. Wow. Yeah. You, you're talking about a plan. This is what conservatives in America are very interesting on this level. You're talking about an all encompassing control, controlling plan. Prohibition Prohibition is no different than all these folks talking about the way they wanted to do these mandates for, for, for the shots. I mean, it was a massive yep. project. Yeah. Massive, crazy project. Do you think the folks you've been interviewing with, my, I think Michael Knowles, right? Uh, yeah, I did. Yeah. Do you think they understand 
in the conservatism this danger that they lean toward puritanism at times like american puritanism or not really i think some do i think some don't and and we'll see yeah but i think i think that it's i think the orthodox we are we are very fortunate because we have this whole notion of the holy fools we have the vehicle for it we have things you know we have dostoevsky in mm-hmm. which you can have characters like that so we i think that we have something something to offer the puritan spirit in a true conservatism because people often because we fall into these opposites they always think well if you're not you know if you're if you're not against this you're for this and yeah. you know if you if you if you're not in this you know if you don't hate the margin you know then then you're 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 with them so it's like no we we need all there is the room for some strangeness on the edge it's just inevitable but we i think we have the language and the so hopefully that's what one of the things we can offer and i think people that are into symbolism people that have kind of discovered that language will be also be able to to offer that within within christianity i i think that's uh, through my conversion process, it started in Africa with with Muslims in, in Mali. What happened was, is I found a type of Christianity and orthodoxy that both demonstrated the ability to, or the invitation to obey. It's in there, right? It's, yeah, it's, of course. It's, it's in there, man. But weirdly, the obedience had a freedom. And again, it was Dostoevsky that led me in. The obedience allowed... F- for my foolishness it it somehow incorporates them both at the same time and i remember you know my my upbringing sex drugs all these things were as if they didn't exist mm-hmm. and now suddenly i knew them they existed because <laughs> i was participating yeah and so what did that mean for me it meant i was bad but then i started to realize but of course i'm participating not that i should but of course, I'm participating because that's what it means on some level to to be aware is, is is you have to travel to the margin, you know, and and I I never knew that. And then it, it all invited me all in one moment, like a flash moment. I was riding down to go to a monastery and, and I just realized that I was who I was and somehow orthodoxy could accept that mm. where my my Protestant background, it somehow needed me to do more. I can't explain it. Is that making yeah, sense? and it's and it's also it's difficult, and I think it's difficult to communicate sometimes to people because because they're so caught up in the culture stuff that so so you have all these these interesting stories of starets like of, of of Elder Paisios, for example, who you know who encounters someone who has a certain passion, right? And that passion is clearly a passion which is against our tradition like it's something which is not acceptable in the church and discerns that this is not like fighting this straight on is not the best way for this person's soul so it's like leave this alone do this mm-hmm. pray you know do this do, do this other thing and i'm not saying that this uh, this 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 aspect of your life is good i'm not even i'm not saying that but i'm saying you know what i want to save you like so let's let's do this you know uh, yeah. and so I think that's hard to sometimes communicate to people because they'll immediately think, oh, so you're justifying Bingo. the behavior. And it's like, no, I'm not doing any of that. I've had someone, I've had ca- interview with Catholics where they often ask me like, what's the position on birth control in the church, in the, in the Orthodox church? And I'm like, well, I think 
pretty, you know, their the position is probably similar in terms of theory to the Catholic Church. Like we probably should use birth control. Like sexuality is is for family making children. But I said there's also all kinds of realities that people live in and all kinds of priorities. Oh, now you start to sound like you're backsliding or something. No, but I'm like I'm, I'm like I like that's up for the priest to decide with the person like what the priority in their spiritual life is to 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 deal with whether that's the priority or whether there is another priority. I'm not justifying one behavior or another. I'm just saying it's like we're we're there to save people and so sometimes yeah there's a proper hierarchy to the fix the the fix demands this and this before this but who can see i can't see from myself that so i the 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 church means to inform me properly right it it has to inform me properly toward the toward the fix i want to get it all done in one shot i think porn is one of these things where for especially for young men and a lot of the folks we're talking to like porn is just a killer yeah but it, it's it's way up there like to just shut that down all there's all these other things that lead you toward the final shutdown but the, it seems like you're weak on porn then or something you know yeah well i mean it there's some there are other things driving the the porn addiction but it's right. the same with alcohol it's the same with any addiction and so Please. oh yeah 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 so i think that it I mean, I think that it really depends on your on your personal story, where you are, you know. I mean, obviously you have to stop watching porn and you have to stop doing you have to stop doing all the thing bad things that we do, but let's, you know, let we also have to we also have to do it in a way that won't make you crack and make you just because that's a thing. Like there's a there's I forget who wrote it. There's an analysis of kind of American Protestant morality, which is right, the binge and like binge and 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 then regrets, like binge, regret, binge, regret. And it's like this movement between these two extremes where you're meant in some ways, like although you're saved, you're kind of meant to be perfect. I remember growing up as a Baptist, I remember hearing a pastor in, in church saying something like Christians don't practice sin. And I'm like, what? It's like, well, Christians sin once in a while, but they don't practice sin. And I was like, I was like looking around to the people and I'm like, this doesn't sound right. Like this even, doesn't even sound then, like, I, I knew that there was no way that this was possible. And so, so what it did is it sends you in a spiral of guilt, right? In this crazy spiral of guilt, was like, which means that, am I not Christian? Because obviously I sin every day. Like, you know, I sin all the time and I realize that. And so, especially when you're like, especially if you, take the words of Christ seriously and you're 17 years old and there are all these beautiful girls around you. It's like two checks in every single day for sure. A hundred percent. All right. Let's take a break for one second. We'll leave Jonathan out there in the uh, ether world while we stop for this commercial break. On water. First things foundation. Think of it as private Peace Corps with an Orthodox twist. You're probably like, what's that? What's an Orthodox twist? All it means is we borrow from the great tradition of the ancient East Christianity, and we try to do asceticism while we serve those folks, quote, in need. But the reality is we are in need. And so we go to fill our needs while filling the needs of others the best we can through human relationships. Peace Corps, two-year service. We do that at First Things. So join us. We go all kinds of crazy places. And when we do, you learn a local language. 
immersed deeply in culture. And on the backside, you help people build their most beautiful ideas. That's first things. Do donate. When you donate monthly, you get access to our in-person crazy class that we're going to offer at our restaurant. You can take that course online or you can take it at the restaurant. It's a philosophy course. It's coming out November 1st. Be aware, become a recurring donor, and enter free of charge our Watar pod course. Watar, why are we talking about rabbits? That that is that's one of these things I'm always thinking about is the idea of purity in our culture. Imagine a 17-year-old who's promised himself with a purity ring to be married at 28 to the woman yeah. he's attracted to at 17. <laughs> it's like, dude, what are you doing, man? You just signed up to be a monk, but you're in the basement hanging out watching movies with the girl. How in the world does that happen? It's definitely messed up. Like her world in terms of those types of things is definitely messed up. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I, but see, now nah, I sound like I'm saying have sex or something. Gosh, man. Yeah, I know exactly. That's the problem. That's the problem of, of, of kind of understanding these things in, 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 in hierarchies and dealing with the problem. Like we have to deal with some of the deep cultural problems that we're struck with. You know, for example, like the idea of late marriage is something which I think is completely unchristian. Like that shouldn't, you can't have both. You can't have late marriage and abstinence that doesn't write what is it frederica matthews green had she said she wrote an article i didn't read it though she said she wrote an article called what we need is more teen pregnancy (laughs) oh my gosh i know that article yeah and so she was basically saying like we need to revive the tradition of marrying young because what are we doing to these young people it's crazy it's it's crazy make any sense well but one of the problems is then you have to yeah, you have to reorder all the, the the key important principles in society because marriage has to be not an act of uh, entering into an institution after acquiring love. It has to be that institution which uh, in which you acquire love. Mm. We don't understand it that way. The outcome of marriage is love, including yeah. sexual, you know, excitement and everything. The outcome are those things, not not the prerequisite for it, but we how do we get there? See, this is another thing we talked about last night. It feels like we get there because this burns itself down, which is sad. Yeah. <laughs> it's sad to think that it's going to have to burn itself down, but it, I, I guess it's going to be inevitable. Like it's all, cause there's all there. It's actually there are direct consequences, direct fruits. And some of them are going to just be the, the lack of people, like just a, a con, a, a continual birth, uh, uh, like drop in birth rate, you know, just a lack of human beings because right. the the solutions you're giving they don't work in terms of continuing the existence of humans. They just don't work. Jeez, but that's why this conversation. I I love this stuff, Jonathan. You got to go here with me for one second. That's why the conversation about global politics, WEF, all this stuff. Those folks have a certain idea about what Africa should look like. And right now, the Africans are in a battle. And we work there. And I see it in East Mm. Africa and West Africa. There's a battle about who they are. The Georgians are the same way. And what are we going to adopt in this 
in this world? Are we going to go old world or new world? And I'm telling you, if they go new world, it almost denudes them of this potential power because, you know, they're the youth of the world right now. I forget mm. the numbers. It's 60% of the people live are under 30 years old or something. Mm. They're the youth. They're the thing you're describing. But if they buy the Western mentality, at least that Western uh, worldview, they'll be denuded of all the potential. And they'll start using condoms and they'll do all the things that won't allow them to grow that natural authority, which is human beings. You know, that's how all these empires have risen because they have energy at the back half of, of the generational, you know, uh, graph or whatever. There's a lot of yeah. young people. So oh, I think about this a lot and there's really no way to fix it. Right. There's only a way to I think you have to be an ascetic in your own life and just glow it. You, you you have to be it. I think that's what you were saying with Paul. We have to become the thing that we're supposed to. You know, that's a cheesy secular phrase. What do they say? Be the change. All that bullshit. Yeah. What is that? Yeah. Yeah, but it's not. I mean, it's, it's, it's based not unreal. On, I think it's based on something real. Like Christ says, right? We become the tree so that the birds will land in your branches. Like that's, you have to, you have to, that's the best way to do it for sure. It's difficult, you know? Can we do it on the internet? I think that's the conversation, right? I mean, I don't think so. I I think that we could do something on the internet. We can call, we can we can encourage people, we can create that, you know, put that it's like you have to understand it almost like it's like a crumb, like dropping crumbs on the on the path or dropping stones on the path and so the internet is really far out in the forest, but it right. still can still be like a stone that that helps you find your way back. Why don't we have this crazy idea to get a KP van? KP is the name of that dinner. Supra is the is the formal name. KP is means table or party. Mm. We want to get a van. Come on, man. You got it. All right. I'm inviting myself to whatever next thing you do with these characters that you're starting to make. That'd be amazing. I'd love to to, to do that. I'd love to participate. We show up, we want to outfit it with a table or two that literally roll off the top flip open up we set it up what shape is it is it has to be a shape of a table is it round the table is it square no it can't be round it it has to (laughs) it has to be long and it has to have two ends one end is the tamada the 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 toastmaster the other end is the here we go the eldest male okay and there's reasons for that symbolically, which is one is he's passing the torch to the other end, to the Tamada, who's offering the wisdom of, of the older gentleman. Mm-hmm. And, and so there's that generational representation. Um, but the idea is to create this van and put some ovens inside and roll that table off or two, set it up and go places and offer this dinner because we could and invite us. I tell you, we'll roll up there wherever you go. I was thinking about trying to get to Thunder Bay. I have to be in Georgia the same way you guys are in Thunder Bay. Um, there's a way to do it, though, Jonathan. Take that seriously. Because Oh, definitely. I mean, I will I will take it very seriously. You know, I think, I mean, I'm hoping, yeah, I, I don't know when the, I'm, when's the next time I'll be in the, in the U.S. I'm not sure exactly when, but it's definitely going to happen. Definitely gonna happen. We'll come to Montreal. Come to Montreal? If they'll let me through, I'm not exactly boosted up properly. I don't even have the first one, so I don't know if they'll let us in. But They won't. Still? No, they won't. So 
you have to decide where you are. That's the only thing I can say. I get it. I'm yeah. not a I'm not a Puritan on this. I, I yeah. Understand. It's like, are you in are you in are you in Africa now? Like, I feel like I I just decided that I'm in Congo. Is what I've decided. I see. So that's all I can say. <laughs> By the way, it's enough. By the way, I get the code. I yeah. Get the code. <laughs> okay, you be in Congo, and yeah. I. I, I love that. I love that that thought. Yeah. Okay, good. Well, I think our van needs to show up. I, we don't have it yet. We're working on it. Um, cool. If you can't come to the States, that's the other invitation. But if you can, you got the restaurant here waiting for you. Uh, definitely. But I would love to go back to I would love to go back to South Carolina. I'd love to go to Greenville. I love Greenville. I love Charleston. I love all those places. So let's do this. Here's something I'm really... I want everyone to hear too, which is really cool. We're, we've set up these weekends. They're called KP uh, seminars. Essentially, the goal is to take our supporters, and we're growing. I I don't want to misrepresent us. We're, we're a small organization, but we've done a lot of cool things. And we invite people in for the weekend. They obviously come to the restaurant. We drive up to Appalachia. What We drive up to North Carolina about two hours where we have three field workers doing these small project development. Uh, we do a visit, we meet some of our partners there, and then we have a seminar back at the restaurant that we record and we talk about these really symbolic world ideas. We, I can get into them, but it's I don't I want to talk to you. So mm -hmm. and that would be something that if you came to both as a guest speaker but also as a participant, I don't know, bring your wife, whatever you want to do. It's very relaxing here. It's a beautiful part of the world. You've been here. And uh, Father uh, Marcus at St. John's. And also, yeah. I go up to the Rocor Parish. Those guys are cool. We could do a lot mm -hmm. of really neat things. And first things, we'd be proud to have you come down and do that. And and Paul, too, and anybody. And we're going to start those in, in, in the winter. So they're, okay. coming. they're coming. Yeah. Keep All right. Well, let's plan, let's plan on it. Because I would definitely, yeah, I think it's about time that I'm back in South Carolina. It's one of... It's my sec. It's I feel it's my second home. Sometimes I feel you know because I've been there so much and I love. Yeah, I just love the 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 church there is wonderful. Like the Orthodox Church in the South is just it's great. It's that, it's like it's so it's so alive. It has everything to do with it. There's a communitarian leftover here. Mm. Folks are willing and able to understand themselves as a part of as not only their own. Now, I think it's changing, though, man. It's, be, you know, where it used to be churches, now it's Walmart. Right. You gotta watch out. Yeah. But it, it's definitely, I think it is a positive aspect of the of the American Protestantism, which, which, which is in the Orthodox Church of the South. Like, this idea that the church is a congregation, it's a community. Like, it's not just a place you go to get the sacraments or that you go to, to, to do your Christian thing, that you have to have some... You have to have more, and I think that that's actually a, a really powerful, a, a really powerful. Uh, if that's what we can get from 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 Protestantism, that's wonderful because that's a, something that a lot of Protestant churches have really well. Oh, and the energy, the yeah. energy of converts in the South is intense. Yeah, they know what they want. You yeah. know, sometimes converts are wondering. These cats aren't wondering. They want to serve, and they want to. They they have energy. Yeah, that's why. You know, I'm going to interview uh, Sari Riccardi Schwartz. She's the one who wrote really? it. Yeah, I'm going to try. Oh, my uh, goodness. She's I agreed. Know, I know. Well, she's, I should, let me temper that. 
I think it's going to happen. She and I are talking. Uh, I'm not going to, it's not going to be an attack moment if she comes on. I don't, I don't want it to be like that. I, I just want to understand because I go to one of those mountain churches and yep. it didn't, it wasn't resound. It didn't have resonance. It, now I'm Orthodox. Yeah. He is too though. So there was something in that conversation that was a disconnect. And I just want to investigate the disconnect. I, I really don't, I'm not into propositional proofs. I, I'm not going to run down and debate with you. I'm not interested in that, but yeah. Well, well good luck. Think? With that. I yeah, mean, I luck. think I, you know, it's like, I, um, I used to be in contact with her before the book. And when she wrote the book, I didn't know what it was about. And I wrote it to say, congratulations on the book and everything. And, and I started seeing what, what what was going on. I was like, wait a minute, what is this? And then I started seeing how it became fuel for the NPR piece. And I was like, this is this is really twisted. Uh, and so I don't know. I don't, I I I think, yeah, I mean, I think it's wonderful that you're kind of reaching out. I hope, I hope that, and I think you're a great person because I do believe you'll have a real conversation with her. And I think that that's the that's the best. But I I think that there's an interesting thing in the Orthodox Church, which is people don't totally realize it, but there's like something like a battle of converts, like you could call it something like that. And so what you have is you have, and it's sadly divided politically to a certain extent. And so you let's say you have converts who come to Orthodoxy from more of a conservative side mm -hmm. and are looking for that backbone, looking for a tradition, for mm -hmm. connection, for all of that, for solidity. And they come in and they want to pull, they want that stuff, right? They're the women who come in in churches where women don't wear head coverings anymore and they start wearing head coverings. Like they want the thing, right? And then and then you have the other side, which is that people that come to orthodoxy for its suggestion of universalism, for its mysticism, right. for its right. for its great, you know, hesychasm, and and they come from the other side of the political aisle and then they come in and they immediately want women priests and they immediately want right. to us to accept all the gender identities and all this stuff and so it's so it's like and then you have the two converts fighting because one is one is is so it's just fascinating to watch it happen like it's just interesting so is there a fix for that again i i don't know <laughs> I mean, I think it's going to work itself out. It's like too. it's going to, you know, the orthodoxy has a tendency to work itself out because, because it's not top down completely, and because it has a kind of organic messiness to it. It's going to, it's going to, it's going to shift, but hopefully, it works itself out. I mean, it's not one hundred percent sure that it will because you know the communists did, the communists did take over the church in Russia. Like it happened, you know, yeah. the the church was dec decimated by by the left in the in, in the communist country so it's like i don't know but but who knows like and you know and the same thing happened in the more fascist fascistic countries where in the where the the state took over the church and used it as its political tool so these things it doesn't mean that it's it's necessarily going to work itself out but um we hope that it we definitely can pray and hope that it will and discussions like this are great because at least right. they are going to to, to, to at least propose that there could be a possible bridge, you know? Well, I, 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 I believe in that. I, I, I believe it's, it's the, it's the table. It's the agape feast. It's communion. I, 
I can stand in communion line with someone who literally thinks there should be women priests. And I don't see why they can't stand next to me who thinks that's probably not a good idea. I, yeah. I don't know why that wouldn't happen, except in that they want, I don't know, boy, when it becomes political, when it becomes um, um, a crusade, it gets a little, it gets odd to me. But I, I understand why they want the crusade. I just think we can give it air. I just think it's like confession. I, if you're in confession enough, really, here's my what I want to say. If there's enough liturgical reality in your week, in other words, if there's vespers, if there's daily prayer, if there's something like, you know, celebrating the feast, like even today was a feast. If there's enough invitation to that in your life and it has to be taken seriously, I think it cuts all the edges off of those, what I would call something like political converse i really do the mm -hmm. churches the priests who put in all that time to go to church and, and serve vespers and serve matins i actually think they're reducing the possibility for all this this intellect to destroy the liturgy i don't know what you think about that but i think so i hope so you know it's sometimes hard to like you it's hard to to believe it in practice <laughs> like it's yeah. easy to to say yes but it's like uh you know hopefully Hopefully that's the the case, you know. But I think you're sorry, back, Jonathan. Yeah, we're back. Sorry, you were just finishing with this idea. Of religion, we're living in strange times. Yeah, I said, yeah. So we're living in we're living in strange times, and those strange times will definitely affect the the church. They seem to affect the church, maybe not as fast as other places. Like it's a slower, it's a slower seeping into to the Orthodox churches because of how the church works. But it's going to it's going to affect us. Can't avoid it. Yeah. I guess we can be at peace. So yeah. okay, so let's get you to North uh, yeah. South Carolina. Do it. Sure. We'll do. We'll do a weekend. We'll figure it out, and then uh, I don't know how I get to Canada, but one day you guys will do something different. I don't. Maybe. Maybe not. Maybe not. <laughs> maybe. I mean, we're we're not. It doesn't look good for for Canada in terms of that stuff because our elections happen. Are we don't have elections until another four years? So. Do you remember when I think we did our very first conversation? You were living in Canada. The pandemic was just starting, and you didn't have a house, or, or basically, you had a flooded yep. house. Things are different now, at least. <laughs> Things are definitely different. <laughs> yeah, it was interesting. That you meant... weren't on Daily Wire yet. <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's right. I wasn't on Daily Wire yet. So, but it's just it, it's interesting to see like how crazy it's been these past few years. Have been it's pretty nuts. Yeah, well, we're not over this group of whatever this thing is, these people on the Internet. I count myself as one now who are trying to, you know, I'm just trying to support our work and it works like people care. Uh, it's beautiful. Mm -hmm. I, I wouldn't even get into all the cool stories, but we're rooting for you, man. I I just think of you as a missionary. Just that I know you I don't know if that's good or bad for you in your world now, but it's just a fact. It's just yeah. you. You can't choose out. And I know we started in, in Africa, you and I, we both understand ourselves in part because of our experiences in Africa. And I know what's happened on some, a lot of levels to you. And I think it's happening to me. So we're rooting for you, man. Yeah. Right. We, we'll I'll just wrap it. it up. Let me wrap it up by giving you a toast. Go for it. All right. Well, thank you, John. If I can, it, this is very classic Georgian toast. Okay. Um, to the things we bring from the bottom, which would be, represented sort of in our 
in our bowels, to all the things, to the eros, to the things that move, you know, grass toward the sun and 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 all the heavenly bodies around one another. So all the things in our lives that are in our lower half, which are good, um, may they be united properly to all the things that are eternal and in our mind and sort of love, hope, all the un the untouchables, all the things we can't smell, we can't taste, may they all be united properly in the heart so that we can live properly in reality together. So to you, brother, and your work. Thanks, God. Yeah. Appreciate it. Oh, well. <laughs> that was, I just, I don't know. Can you have a friend that's just like an internet friend? If you can, I do. Am I starting to understand Andrew in Russia? Am I starting to understand internet dating? I think Jonathan would not like that, that I said that, but maybe I am. The unreal feels real, or the semi-real, the simulacrum feels not like a simulation? I don't know. But that podcast is over, and this is me saying, that was pretty cool. Uh, we'll be talking to Jonathan, see what he's up to in the future as he goes about his merry business. And we, as a part of this subculture that's trying to figure out consciousness and meaning, we chug along. Please consider First Things Foundation as a stop on your internet travel. If you want to travel, travel, think about joining us for a KP journey. We go, of course, to where we work, Guatemala. Sierra Leone, Georgian Republic. Soon you'll be able to visit us for a weekend in Appalachia where we introduce you to the restaurant. And you get to sit around while we do this really cool seminar on meaning and service. That's some of the offerings we have, but there's many more. Pretty soon you can go online and buy stuff like cool swag. Pretty soon you can, well, I think you can do it right now. You can go and sign up for one of our KP journeys. And of course, you can always join us on Friday nights for a community KP in Greenville, South Carolina. I hope that you'll consider all of these things, and I hope, above all, you'll consider becoming a supporter. See what we do at www.first-things.org. Consider becoming a field worker two years of your life, that's all. And consider becoming a supporter. Au revoir, nakfamdis kambufo. Hasta luego. Que es una otra, another otra, another, que es que se en otra façon, dio revoir. Je ne sais pas. Oh, I know. Nahue, Haitian Creole. Peace out.